0: Hi, and welcome to my podcast. I'm your host, Corrine Powell. I'm an intuitive guide and the owner of Change Radically. My intention, both here and in private sessions, is to come alongside you in a way that feels safe and empowering. So many of us are experiencing similar things and feeling common emotions, but we won't know that unless we talk about it. You aren't supposed to have to go it alone. I specialize in helping people pleasers change patterns and create a life they feel good about. Life should not be consumed by doing things you feel obligated to do. Do you want to feel a lot less frustrated? Then stop living in a way that benefits everyone else at your expense. Empowered to Thrive is a place of safety. Conversations focus on topics that impact our mental, emotional, and spiritual health. Parenting comes up too because I'm a mom to four kids, and it's natural for me to talk about the impact that has on life. Bottom line, you're always welcome here, no matter what type of day you're having. Your friends and their friends are welcome too. Please share the podcast. Let's create a place of community and connection that is saturated by authenticity and transparency. I'll start. Now, on to today's episode. Today's episode starts by Joanna telling her story and how she began her own journey helping women to heal their bodies through food and lose weight. But right after that, she's going to jump into the meat of this topic and how we can Master our emotions, how we can understand ourselves and what's going on at the deeper level. And she has a beautiful technique she's going to share with you. So I hope that you will stick around and, and listen to the full episode. I'm so glad to have you here with us to jump into the conversation with Joanna Wen and I. Joanna, is a weight loss coach. She helps busy moms lose weight permanently in a healthy and sustainable way. Joanna uses her unique approach, which she'll talk about today, to help her clients love their food and lose weight without deprivation. She also helps her clients get to the root cause of their overeating and remove those blocks so that they can keep the weight off once and for all. And that's really the reason Joanna and I connected, because she goes deeper, she goes to the root cause what's behind the response and I hope that you'll stick around and enjoy the story she's going to share and the insight she is going to give. For today's episodes, here we are. I'm very glad to be with you here, Joanna, and excited to talk about tips to master emotions so that we can finally
1: feel in control of our food. Thank you so much for having me Corinne. I just want to start with some of my background stories so you can understand like how I sort of got into um, helping moms to lose weight. Um, I've actually had a pretty intense uh, interest in using food to heal my body for over two decades. And uh, what I wanted to do was to just you know improve my skin, clear uh, my complexion. And um, so I did the juicing for about two weeks, okay, and it made my skin just really glowed and radiated. This was in my in my mid twenties, um, and uh, so it made a huge impression on me um, that you know I was able to get to my goal of you know glowing skin and better complexion in just two weeks. However, I couldn't keep up with the juicing; and could not keep up with that habit. Yes. And so when I was about thirty. I, again, uh, turned to food um, and also traditional Chinese medicine. And this time was to lower my blood pressure. Okay. Um, I had a strong um, genetic predisposition for high blood pressure. Mm. And um, I didn't want to rely on a pill to uh, control my blood pressure for the rest of my life. So so what I did was I started to look at different types of foods that I could add into my diet, even teas that I can add. And I was eventually able to um uh lower my blood pressure and got off the medication. And I've been off the medication um and been able to maintain a healthy uh blood pressure for over fifteen years. Wow. Um that's great. Yeah. And then when um a few years later, like in my early thirties, that's when I learned about green smoothies. And I just Fell in love with green smoothies because it was so easy to make. This time, you know, the habit stuck, and after I drank it for about a year, I learned that I healed my nearsightedness, um, and uh, uh-huh. that was definitely. Uh, Unexpected, like I broke my glasses and went to the optometrist, and they said that okay, these are way too strong for you. And so I went back to see. Okay, what did I do differently? I realized okay, maybe it was the smoothie. Then I look at the ingredients I was putting in, and I realized that the combination of ingredients I was putting in actually um, had health benefits for yeah. vision. Uh-huh. Uh, so um, move forward to uh, when I was about forty, um, I had my twins when I when I was forty. And um, my weight loss journey started about a year, over a year after I had my twins. I um, basically stayed visibly pregnant, like so much so when I walk into crowded subway cars, like kind-hearted New Yorkers, like just continue to get up for me, to offer me their seats because I looked pregnant. And while I appreciated their kind gesture, like it made me feel self-conscious and down about how I looked. So that's when I said, all right, I'm gonna make a change. Um, and what I started out with was, you know, counting calories, avoiding carbs, eating smaller portions, just all the things that, you know, I thought I was supposed to do to lose sure. weight. Sure. Right. And I just ended up feeling so uh, deprived and exhausted all the time. And at the time I was also working a demanding IT job, um, where I worked nine to five during the day, but also, um, I would often have, a uh, Skype calls with my software development team on the other side of the globe. So Mm. And I was also taking care of the young twins at night. So I was barely, you know, keeping up with my busy working mom life, uh, let alone finding the extra time and energy to go to the gym and exercise. Right. So I had almost like resigned um, myself to ex- accepting my post uh, baby body when I remember my experience with um, healing my nearsightedness. Mm. Um, and so I use that experience um, as the uh, motivation that I needed to just go all in on trying to figure out how to use food to solve my weight loss problem. And what I stumbled upon was this amazing world of spices, herbs and nutrient rich foods that just turned the conventional wisdom on weight loss upside down. I was able to eat delicious and satisfying meals and I lost 10 pounds in the first month and then a total of 28 pounds in seven months. I was able to drop four dress sizes and shed my still pregnant look without doing a single sit up. So now, (laughs) yeah, so now people no longer get up for me on the subway. I have more energy to, you know, keep up with my twins. And I started getting questions from fellow moms on how I lost the weight. And so now I help fellow moms to lose weight in a way that works for their busy lifestyle uh, and without deprivation and spending hours at the gym. Yeah. Awesome. In terms of um, mastering your emotions and getting control of your food, when I first started out coaching, I was really focused on just um, all the nutritional uh, uh, requirements um, that will help your body to heal physically. But what I realized over time was that um, in order to get people to, to even do that part of it. (laughs) I had to first (laughs) figure out how to really motivate them and get to the root cause of why they had the overeating problem in the first place. And yeah, and so that actually was what led me to, um, get certified as a life coach. And that is actually what I learned a lot of my, um, mindset and emotional mastery skills. Mm -hmm. So, um, Because what i realized was that just a lot of the overeating that we do is it's really due to emotional eating right we're using food to comfort ourselves Mm -hmm. so that we can feel better yeah and one of the key concepts that i learned from life coaching was that our thoughts are actually what's causing our feelings so we're often taught that you know outside circumstances uh, things that are out, that are happening outside of our control are what's causing our feelings but it's actually our thoughts our interpretation of the circumstance that's causing our feelings. Mm. So the first uh, key skill uh, in order to master your emotions is developing the skill of separating out the facts versus the thoughts. Or the stories around these facts, because uh, once you're able to do that, you'll find that it's a lot easier to neutralize your negative uh, emotions. So one of um, my own personal example that you know really hit home for me, uh, and I think a lot of fellow moms can relate. Um, it has to do with um, with my son and um, his struggles at school. So um, my, when my son was seven years old, he's now eight, um, and this was when uh, he was in second grade and he struggled uh, at school with you know, focus, attention, and just being able to sit still. Yep. And, you know, for me doing homework with him, it was it was a struggle. And what happened was that he would often, you know, reverse letters, you know, your B's and B's, P's and Q's. Um, but also words, words like, you know, was versus saw, right? W-A-S I versus guess. S-A-W. Um, and, you know, the teacher had said that, you know, it was common um, for students to make these mistakes when writing. Um, although he was also making mis- these mistakes when reading, which mm-hmm. the teacher just said was less common. Um, and when um, in second grade, they started to, um deal with uh, three-digit numbers, right? They started to get into the hundreds. And when I was doing homework with him, I noticed that he would reverse the numbers too. Like literally when we're doing math problems, I see the number 235, he will read it as 523. And so in my mind, you know, like with all these evidence piling up, I was starting to really believe that he had dyslexia. Mm and I just remember that I had a really strong reaction to it, this sinking you know feeling in my stomach, and I would just cry when I talk about the problem you know with my husband or you know with healthcare providers. But I didn't really understand why I just had this really strong feeling. it was like it's 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 you know the circumstance was causing me to just you know get emotionally hijacked' is what I used to say, <laughs> you know I just had no control mm-hmm. um. And uh, I think, luckily, at that point, I had learned some life coaching skills, and I had access to other fellow life coaches to help me work through the problem. And so, um it took a lot of probing. And what I had to ask myself was, you know, what am I making this mean? right? Like th- that the fact that he was reading these um numbers in reverse. Um, so, and what I realized, finally, was that I had a whole story around him reversing these numbers. Um, so I'm a trained engineer. Uh, I study you know, bioengineering um, and specialize in biomechanical engineering. So when you talk about like building engineering structures, you know, accuracy, right? Math and accuracy is really important. Yeah. Um, and, you know, if the math is wrong, like, you know, I. In my mind, I'm imagining like catastrophic big failures, like you know, collapsing bridges, buildings and whatnot. <laughs> um, so and I realized that if he cannot read numbers correctly, he can't have a, a career in engineering. Um and then you know, my star started going to okay, what other careers require math and engineering, you know, like just math, really, you like accounting, business analysis. So because I had all these stories in my head, I just started to panic about his entire future. Sure. Um, and so once I was able to like finally realize, okay, this is what I'm making it mean. Like it wasn't just about reversing numbers, but I had a whole story around, you know, how his life would be impacted. Um, then I was able to say, all right, um, now I can separate the, the fact from The story, right, or the things I was making it mean, and once I realized that, um, I also realized, okay, you know, these are stories that may or may not be true, right, and I get to decide um, how to think about it, Mm -hmm. right, and how can I think about it in a way that won't cause me to panic, right? Because it doesn't serve me. um, I don't feel calm. I don't show up. for my son as the mom um, that's able to support him, right? because I'm falling apart myself. Yeah. and so what I did was that I started to look evident, look for evidence of people that you know have struggled with dyslexia but were actually able to still uh, have a fairly uh, successful career in life, right? So people like you know, Tom Cruise, I think he's one of the well-known um, Celebrity that struggled with dyslexia, Barbara Corcoran um, on The Shark Tank. I think even uh, Kevin O'Leary, a couple of other Shark Tank um, investors, also had struggled with dyslexia. Especially Barbara was told that by her teacher that she was just not smart. Um, so you know, it it seeing all these evidence just helped me to think about the circumstance differently, and it helped to neutralize the negative emotions that. I had around it, um, and and the truth was, uh, eventually, you know, we did get him tested for dyslexia, and he tested negative for it, so it did turn out that, you know, that whole story that I made up, you know, luckily, I mean, it, it just wasn't even true, and yeah. so I had myself all worked up because of all the story I was telling myself, uh, so that was definitely like a huge aha moment for me. Um, yeah, so, so then I realized that, yeah, just, just this whole feeling of panic, it was just so strong and it just mm-hmm. turned out that it wasn't um, even based on facts. Um, so, so, yeah, so then I learned that, yes, in order to do that, once you're aware of the facts versus the stories, then you can say to yourself, the first, is, the first thing is, right, check if the story is true, right? A lot of times, often, it's just imagined, right? Our, our worries are often imagine. right? We're always thinking about the worst case. And that's just really, you know, our brain, our primitive brain was desire to keep us safe, right? You don't want to be, you know, back in the days. you don't want to be chased by tigers or what have you out there. So stay in the cave, right? So it's our brain just trying to protect us. However, you know, in, in our modern times, the dangers that we face is, is not at the same level. So we we wanna be able to manage this primitive part of our brain that's constantly looking for danger. So mm-hmm. first check if that story is true, right? First you find out what the facts are what the stories are. And then you check if the story you have in your head is true or not. Um, and then also ask yourself, right? Is the story serving me? Is it helpful, right? Because if it's not, you know, can you let it go? Can you release it? Yeah. Um, and then you can move on to what well, can I think instead that's going to serve me, that's going to help me uh, feel a little bit better. So, um, like another example I have is is see, it's it's like client examples when it comes to relationship with food, right? Sometimes I have clients come to me that says, "I just like the taste of Coke." Um, and, um, and the thing is that actually is a thought, right? Like a can of Coke sitting in front of you is just a neutral circumstance, right? Your desire for that Coke is from your thought about the Coke. I just like the taste of Coke. Right? So it's that thought that's creating that feeling of desire. Now that's not to discount the fact that yes, food manufacturers do design these foods, so that they increase your desire for them, right? It gives yeah. you that dopamine hit that 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 your brain looks for as reward. So there is also that chemical component to it. Uh, however, you know, there's no one, no one is there forcing you to have that can of Coke, right? So, so that part is it, It's you. You have a thought. You have a desire for that Coke, which leads to the action of you picking up the can of Coke and you know bring it closer to your mouth and drink it right because creating that the result of you drinking it um so notice in this process you actually do have complete control of your thoughts and your feelings and then the action and the result right your, your thought about the coke i just like to taste it which leads to that feeling of desire which yep. leads to you picking up the the can of coke and drinking it yeah so yep. i mean yeah, so that's one thought, right? I just like the piece of Coke. It's really just one thought you can have about Coke. But most of us also know that you know, drinking a lot of Coke can cause you to gain weight, right? And there is you know a lot of um, associated health risks with being overweight. Um, it can also give you a, a sugar crash too, right? Because it's, it's it's sugar water, right? Um, so you can decide to think a different thought about coke, you know, one that's not going to cause you to want to desire it, right? Um, and I will say that I'm one of those people that used to like the taste of coke, and I still do, I, but I just don't tell myself that all the time, right? Um, sometimes what I think about is, you know, it's just sugar water and there's no nutritional value right <laughs> and then you know that's one thought and then you know there are plenty of other drinks that i get to choose that are both nutritious and tasty right and i mean i like the uh the bubbly texture of mm-hmm. coke but i can also get that by making my own sparkly water and adding yeah. you know other fruits um to flavor it um and the thing is, you know, I can choose to drink it and I can choose not to. I don't recommend, you know, trying to restrict yourself because a lot of times then we just want to rebel. Right. Um, but, you know, you can choose to drink it. But sometimes I just think that my body deserves better. So I wouldn't do it. So I, I still drink Coke from time to time. Like I like to pair Coke with pizza. Uh-huh. Um, but, you know, I do it like once a week. And when I'm done with it, when I drink it, like, you know, you, you, I try to, you know, really enjoy the taste. Um, but I find that also, you know, if you really take the time and really pay attention to focus on the pleasure that you get from it, it actually dissipates after like two sips. Mm. So, you know, so also another way to think about it, it's also fortune control. A lot of times we just think we want it, but we just don't even think about whether we're actually enjoying it or not. Um, so that's also, you know, another, um, a little tip there that if you really want to enjoy something, take the time, you know, it's quality over quantity. And it definitely, it loses its allure after you know, a few sips. Mm-hmm. So so that's the first key, separating fast from fiction. Um, and then the second skill that you want to learn is to, you know, watch your self-talk and also learn how to stop this negative self-talk, right? Because a lot of times we overeat uh, due to negative emotions that we're feeling. Um, and we often feel negative emotions because we, we are you know having judgments about ourselves. It's because of our negative self-talk right. all the thoughts and judgments and stories that we have uh, around ourselves uh, around you know the things that we do and the things that we say and whatnot. right. And that's why they say sometimes we are uh, our own worst enemy. And so one of the first steps that you want to do here is to become aware of what you're telling yourself about you, right? And what you can do here is uh, do what we call a a thought download Um, or it's basically a brain dump of everything that's in your head. So just get it all out of your head, uh, put it on a piece of paper or um, write it on your digital device. Um, This way you can get physical distance between you and the sentences that are in your head and this is actually a really powerful exercise um because uh, it helps you to get out of your head and become an observer of your your own mind yes and when i do this with my clients uh sometimes after they you know write everything out uh they and they look at it you know maybe a day later and they're like I can't believe this is what I'm telling myself, you know. Um, and the thing is, you know, once once you are aware of the negative judgment or that self talk, uh, then you can change it. If you're not aware of it, you wouldn't even know what needs to be fixed, right? But once you know it's there, it's hard to unsee um, it, and then um, then we can go on to the next step of you know changing it and fixing it. So. Um, a lot of times when we see what we have written down, we actually end up having judgments about it. It's like, wow, I can't believe I just said that. Like I say that to myself and it was like, I don't wanna look at it, I just wanna put it away. And then you are not able to move on to the second step. So mm-hmm. one of the key to get you to um, move move on to the second step is to use this feeling of curiosity because curiosity helps you to fight judgment, right? You want to get really curious and ask yourself why you're thinking these thoughts. Like, be be curious, even be fascinated. Like, wow, why did I think that? There must be, you know, what's the reason? And you, you know, keep asking yourself why multiple times yeah. um, until you get to get closer to the root cause thing. Right? Um, and so, like for example, in in my case, right, I as soon as I realized, well, wow, I just made up this whole crazy story about collapsing buildings and bridges. Like, why did I do that? <laughs> Things are like, kind of crazy. Um, but then, you know, I said to myself, okay, let me just look at it. Um, and I realized that it's because, you know, growing up, um, you know, my dad was an engineer, my mom, um, they were both math teachers at one point. So th- they definitely focused math heavily, uh, you know, <laughs> as opposed to reading. And so because of that focus on math and, you know, we all ended up with careers in engineering, we all study engineering or computer science. Like that was our whole future that we had planned. And so for me, it's like, that was the way to go. And, you know, and I realized that I was just passing that down to my son. And Mm -hmm. so when I realized that, wow, he may not be able to do this. I was like, oh my God, you know, that's why I had such a a reaction to Mm -hmm. it. So once I can get curious and then I can get compassionate and realize, okay, you know, this is why, that's it, you know, it's, you don't have to judge it that it's too crazy and, you know, out of this world. And um, it's just about, you know, getting really um, uh, curious and fascinated about how your brain works, (laughs) you know? Um, Yeah. So really curiosity is just a, a really powerful emotion that, you know, helps you to take the actions um, you need to change your thought and then create the result that you want. Um, so that's the second tip on um, mastering your emotion, you know, being able to recognize the self-talk that you have and also be able to stop negative self-talk. Uh, the third skill I wanna share is the skill of um, learning how to process your emotion, right? When um, most of us encounter a negative emotion, um, instead of processing them, we avoid, react, or resist them, right? So avoiding an emotion, a negative emotion, especially could be, you know, eating, overeating, or um, uh, binging on Netflix, or uh, overworking, right? Um, And then reacting to an emotion would be like, you know, yelling from feeling you know angry or frustrated. Whereas uh, resisting an emotion is like you know using willpower. Like for example, you know people go on no sugar diets. Maybe they can do it for two weeks, but after you know the program is done, two weeks they end up binging because your know, willpower is limited. You know, we test it to the limit, right? Um So. We were not, we were never taught like how to feel, right? They don't teach you that in school, but frankly, I'm, you know, it's really important skill to have. Um, So the first thing that we want to um, do is to just better understand what a feeling is. Okay. Okay. So just as uh, thoughts are the language of the brain, feelings are the language of the body and when you um, truly get in touch uh, with your feeling, you'll you'll learn that like, your feelings are nothing more than just you know vibrations in your body. Like you can think of emotion as you know motion. I, I mean energy emotion, right? E motion energy emotion. And you know once you understand that, like you, you won't be so afraid of you know mm. uh, feeling anymore feeling your feelings anymore um and the thing is if you're willing to allow an emotion to vibrate through your body instead of avoiding act reacting resisting them um you'll be able to process your emotion in a healthy way and it usually takes minutes to process them um yeah and how do you do that right what you do is you know you find a quiet space and you focus, right? You sit with your eyes closed. And what you do is first you scan your body, you know, scan your body from the top to bottom. And you wanna find out where you feel your emotion, right? Which part of your body is this emotion? Like for example, a lot of times, uh, you know, with anxiety, a lot of us feel it in our chest or some of us feel it in our stomach, right? It manifests differently in different people. Mm-hmm. Okay. So first, you find where that emotion is, and then you, you know, really take the time to like study the characteristics of the emotion. You know, what color is it? What texture? Like, is it hard? Is it soft? Um, is it moving? You know, is it fast or is it slow? Um, how intense is it? Right? Is it strong or is it soft? And you want to, you know, rate it on a scale of uh, one to ten, and then kind of follow follow along with the vibration. Um, And so what you do is you just keep focusing on it, stay with it, study it until it starts to move and then eventually vibrate and fade away. And yeah, the whole process, I mean, I've done this multiple times and um, it really doesn't take more than 10 minutes. And um, and you could do this with uh, all types of emotions, not just, you know, positive ones, but also negative ones. Um, you want to see how your body expresses these emotions. Okay? Um, so, I mean, I recommend starting with positive ones because sometimes uh, it can be somewhat intense. And the first time you do it, maybe it's a good idea to do it with a coach. Um, but, you know, um, I can give you an example of, uh, of a negative one. Um, but it actually didn't turn out to be so scary after that. So I know the one thing, one thing that my mentor had taught me was that, you know, once you're able to process um, negative emotions like fear, terror and shame, you're going to feel unstoppable. You know? So I sort of took that to heart and I decided to oh. um, uh, <laughs> I decided to uh, feel terror and <laughs> And actually, this this kind of came up because um at the time I I was processing some uh, PTSD from uh, from from childhood um so for me um yeah at the time I was processing PTSD from a, 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 an accident that I had um. I was uh, hit by a motorcycle as a pedestrian when I was eight years old. And, you know, luckily I survived, you know, meaningful recovery um, and really don't remember really much about it. I actually did remember uh, my brain has this uh, eternal sunshine of the spotless mind button. That's what I call it. So I remember all the positive aspects of it. I remember all the people that came to visit me at the hospital, even the guy that was on the motorcycle, poor kid, probably like only, only 20 years old. And I, I ran in front of the motorcycle. So, um, Um, But he came to visit and then even, you know, my second grade teacher and the whole class came to visit me at home uh, when I was recovering. Um, So that that's that's basically what I remembered. um, I just remembered it as an event and I had all the happy memories. But I would say like this is almost 30 years later when I was working with a psychologist to process other PTSDs, And this story came up Mm -hmm. and. um, And I was doing this exercise when I had to write out the story because she wanted me to go back and rewrite the story. So first I had to recall the story. But as I was recalling the story, I started getting all these flashbacks that I had, you know, archived away in the back of my head. And it turns out that um, what happened was that when I was, you know, when I was seven or eight uh, at the time, I lived in Taiwan and um, I uh, was stuck in the middle of a, a a road um, in the middle of the fence. Um, so, and and there was no street light uh, and was this This was at night and usually it's not busy because there was a new development area, but that night for some reason it was busy. And so I remember I had to cross to the middle of the street but then realized that you know there were cars coming to my right. And then uh, when I looked to my left, um, what I found was that there were three cars coming straight at me hmm. um, and they're not turning because I'm standing at the bend so they don't turn until they get to me and so on the one hand I looked to my left there's three cars coming straight at me on the other hand I saw a, a motorcycle and a far away car and so I said all right, all right, I gotta make a decision here I have a better chance of survival so I went for it and I got in front of the motorcycle and um so I realized that it was um that was a, a feeling of terror that I had to I was reacting to this feeling of terror. Mm -hmm. So I made a decision and and went for it. Um, So when I was trying to process this feeling of terror, I sort of just used that flashback to to process this terror. And um, what I saw was that, you know, for me, like terror turned out to manifest uh, itself as, you know, a white colored egg shape object okay. um that felt like it was kind of like in my throat mm. and so then i was like slowly you know processing it um and um yeah it was intense while i was processing it but then once i processed it and you know it disappeared uh it felt like re- i felt a lot of uh, peace and relief mm. and um it was like okay i was able to let go and, all right i learned what terror is like um, I felt it and I processed it under 10 minutes. And, and now I say I eat terror for breakfast right? <laughs> or a snack, right? Hard-boiled eggs. Um, and now I realize, okay, that's all terror was. It was, it was a hard-boiled egg. Yeah. You know? uh, so now I can like, you know, actually kind of see how it manifests yes. in my body. And it's like, once you see it, once you see your enemy, you're less afraid of it. And so that's kind of my my takeaway from from that exercise. So so I think it's a good way um, to just get to know all of your emotions and see how they manifest in your body. Um, And um, it's actually um, a great way um, to learn how to generate your feelings on purpose. Um, and also how to, you know, think on purpose, right? Because how you think generates your feeling. So this is how you master your emotions, right? You want to think on purpose and then be able to generate these feelings on purpose. Mm-hmm. And by that I mean you know, just see how it feels in your body. And once you get really skilled at it, you can actually just do the vibrations in your body on the fly. Like you can just call it up and say, All right, I wanna feel proud today, or you know, I wanna feel um uh Grateful, you know, some of the positive ones. So, so I highly encourage that um, that you go through, get to know your feelings. Pretend like it's a stranger. You're inviting them in for tea, and just you know, have a chat with them. Get to know them, because once you know them, you're not so afraid of them anymore. And and the thing is, you won't uh, feel like you constantly get emotionally hijacked, like a victim, which is how I used to feel, right? But now that I know. I'm the one that's in control of how I think and how I feel. then I don't need to seek food for comfort. I don't need to seek any um, you know outside circumstances to change in order to feel better. It's in my control because I get to um, change how I think and therefore how I feel. And so that's these are really, to me, the the three keys of you know really mastering your emotions so that um, you don't need to uh, look for food or any outside circumstances uh, to uh, help you feel better.
0: Yeah. Oh, that's great. Very, very practical, good stuff. Yeah, I remember the first time that I recognized, oh, I'm comfort eating. I was in a program where, the program was geared for weight loss. And Mm -hmm. I I think I was trying to wait, lose weight after maybe my third born was like two or something. And, but we were being asked to like, consider what's going on deeper for us as we're Mm -hmm. just become mindful about our eating. And Mm -hmm. I was reaching for ice cream in the freezer and paused and recognized, oh my goodness, there's chaos around me. Three or four little kids screaming, things going on. I'm feeling stressed. (gasps) And I'm going to this sweet treat because it's going to help me feel a little bit better and going to bring me some joy for this moment. And I was like, it was just that aha moment where I'm like, whoa. And it was the start (laughs) of a beautiful awakening to Mm -hmm. like just the noticing.
1: Right, the awareness.
0: Why am I going for this? What's going on around me and within me? and Mm -hmm. so profound and yet at the same time it's like it just it was just in that moment that I realized you know okay there's a lot more to this than me going to get a bite of ice cream
1: (laughs) (laughs) Uh right right yeah you're avoiding something right yeah, yeah. yeah, Just trying to find the joy in that moment.
0: Right. Instead of like, right, oh, right. how else How else can I find the joy in this moment too? Or how uh-huh. can I release the stress uh-huh. through, through, you know, there's plenty of other means. And, and, right. and like you were talking about then having the ice cream at a time where I can actually like enjoy it, <laughs> not just like <laughs> shovel it down in the middle of this chaos. <laughs> uh-huh.
1: uh-huh. Yeah.
0: So, well, I, I love I love what you shared. I love the, just obviously a lot of it aligns with some of the work I do and helping people discover like what's going on deeper, but then how you're helping women and individuals in reaching their goals and actually like healing their whole person through the process. So it's a beautiful work you're
1: doing. Thank you. Yeah, I mean I do find that when you're able to get to the root cause of um of the problem, which, you know, in this case it's not just a physical problem, not just about the food you eat, but there's also an emotional component and then and then also really a mental component too, right? It's 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 you you have stories about who you are, um, you know, your self image, right? That that also um will change as you do this work because instead of thinking that you're someone that's just always, you know, I always struggle with weight, then you can slowly shift that thinking to, okay, you know, I can trust my body to manage its weight, right? Because my body does have its wisdom. Once you restore the body, right? Once you eat healthy food and you restore your hormonal balance, um, Mm -hmm. and return it to its, you know, homeostatic state, then, you know, you want to outsource all of these, um, it chatters about food, uh, chatters about, you know, how you how you uh, maintain a healthy weight, just outsource it to your body because your body has the wisdom and knowledge to maintain itself. It can heal itself if you feed it the right food. So it's also about kind of slowly changing that mindset to, you know, um, someone that's always gonna struggle with food to to um someone that has a naturally slim body. Because, you know, your body is designed to be naturally slim. Obesity is not an issue wasn't an issue until, you know, the 70s and the 80s. It's a recent phenomenon. Um, and part of it is also all the, you know, the, the new foods, the processed foods, convenience foods that sure. came out on the market, that's also, you know, causing, um, wreaking havoc on our hormones um, and yeah. our mm-hmm. system. So, yeah, so, so it, it really requires looking at the body holistically, you know, physically, emotionally, and mentally in order to get the permanent result uh, that can help you to really like live a life that's free of, you know, any food chatters um, and just having peace and freedom from food.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yes. It's so liberating to just be, Mm -hmm. to enjoy your food without being in at you. Initially you may be in your head about it and then you come to a place where you're not because, because you have started to heal the relationship and come to terms with with it it's yeah it's a beautiful thing it's really a beautiful thing i just the lightness of it compared to the heavy weightiness of what it once was
1: mm-hmm.
0: is so worth the energy it takes to go through the healing process yeah
1: mm-hmm. So mm-hmm.
0: so if, if someone's been listening and they're Very curious to, you know, connect with you more. What's the best ways that they can reach you? And I'll include these also in the show notes.
1: So the best way to reach me is uh, on my website and that's uh, spicesandgreens.com. And you can also find me on uh, Instagram at spicesandgreens and um, on uh, Facebook at spicesandgreens. And um, I also have a... um, a free recipe a free 5 minute recipe to help you lose your you know first 3 pounds in a week um, you know using fat burning fat burning spices and other healing foods to help your body to reset itself um, yeah so you can get that from from my wife's website awesome. spicesandgreens.com
0: all right thank you that's great so well joanna it's been nice to
1: chat with you Thank you, Corinne. It was uh, great to uh, be here.
0: If you enjoyed this conversation that Joanna and I had today, I wanted to highlight a few previous episodes that I've recorded that talk about similar topics to what we were speaking about today. If you're interested in expounding more on what you heard and hearing my perspective on it, go ahead to Season 3, Episode 2 and listen to Name Those Feelings. I would also suggest Season 3, Episode 4, Intrusive Thoughts Go Away, and Season 3, Episode 7, Reparent Your Inner Child. Well, we've come to the end of another episode. What did you think about what you heard? And what resonated with your heart? If you were touched by this episode, is there a friend that you can share it with? Remember, between now and when we speak again, that who you are is good. And I am so glad that you're alive.